This episode is sponsored by me, The Meat Medic, and my all-new website, TheMeatMedic.com. New health courses available, including my very popular 30-day carnivore challenge guide and my incredibly detailed guides on low-carb diets, insulin resistance, and metabolic syndrome. In-depth video courses will be coming very soon, and I'm also happy to announce that I have merch available. Crazy, right? Head on over to TheMeatMedic.com to check out the new site and learn more. They're wrong. We have to ask them, why are they still telling us this? And are they putting profits before patients? Hi guys, and welcome to another episode of the Meat Medic Podcast. Now, in today's episode, I'm doing another video on another effectively buried heart trial, cholesterol trial called the Minnesota Coronary Trial. Um, it was essentially buried for almost 50 years, much like the Sydney Diet Heart Trial, which I recently covered on another episode. Make sure you check that one out. It's getting a lot of interest, and I think rightly so. In my opinion, it is basically just downright borderline criminal. If not, it, shouldn't, it should be completely criminal, basically, that these trials are not publicized, that results are not publicized, that they are effectively buried and hidden, and they're not allowed to be scrutinized, that the results can't be kind of discussed or, or actually dissected. I'm going to cover cover another one of these trial call, trials called the LA Veterans Trial soon in another episode. So make sure you guys subscribe for that one. Listening in the car on the podcast, make sure you follow on so you get notified when that is available. Today, though, we are talking about the Minnesota Coronary Trial. But first, I want to give you a little bit of background. The quote-unquote discussion, or perhaps more accurately put, disagreement, quote-unquote, cholesterol causes heart disease has been raging for decades, if not pretty much a century, really, since almost early 1900s. Despite heart disease being actually very not, very much not actually that common, it's actually quite rare in the early 1900s. Now, if anybody wants a bit more of an expose on cholesterol, fat, and the whole industry surrounding this, I very much recommend you check out Nina Tycho's book, The Big Fat Surprise, another excellent book that I have picked up. And it really opens your eyes. I can tell you that. I'll put a link in the description for the episode down below. We are constantly told that fat and specifically animal fat causes heart disease. But does it? Low fat diets came to being in around maybe early 1920s, I believe. But there was a lot of disagreement about it. Why was it needed? Why do we need to change? Where's your evidence for this? Where's your evidence to support low fat diets? And why do we need to bother? Heart disease, diabetes, et cetera, these things basically didn't really exist. Why do we need to change our diet? Why do we need to radically overhaul the entire American diet? I mean, really, it was the rest of the world, but Americans were kind of leading in this. They had actually been eating, Americans and the world over mostly, had been eating quite large amounts of saturated fat, animal fat, for a very, very long time with little to no chronic diseases. So why did we need to change? They had almost no heart disease, no diabetes, very low autoimmune, if, if at all, barely any autoimmune conditions. Why did we suddenly need to change? Well, it's hard to really actually determine exactly why this came to fruition. And even Nina in her book doesn't really talk about it that much, or maybe I missed it. 
But let's fast forward to the kind of 1950s and suddenly everything kind of starts to hot up and this debate uh, about cholesterol and heart disease suddenly goes kind of crazy and of course pretty much enter Ansel Keys and the diet heart hypothesis. Now if you don't know what the diet heart hypothesis is, uh, this is essentially um, saying that cholesterol, LDL cholesterol in particular, causes heart disease. So I'm just going to share on the screen here, if you're watching on YouTube, if not, uh, if you're listening in the car on the podcast, I'm going to put links into to all of this in the episode description. Just showing a little bit on the screen here about uh, fact or fiction, the diet hypothesis. This is a uh, editorial correspondence in the uh, the BMJ, I believe it is. Yeah, BMJ. And it's basically the diet heart hypothesis is this idea that cholesterol, serum cholesterol causes heart disease. Really specifically, it was, it was total cholesterol, but I mean, realistically, LDL is what we talk about nowadays. Uh, the cardiovascular disease is basically caused by LDL cholesterol. Now, this goes back 70 odd years, as we said, to the kind of 1950s, really, with, with Ansel Keys and his group. And it really states that, or hypothesizes rather, that reducing dietary saturated fat reduces serum cholesterol, which thereby reduces your risk of cardiovascular disease. And really, this has been kind of transformed from this kind of just, just little thesis, this little kind of hypothesis, not even a thesis, with very little to no evidence to this massive thing that's just kind of driven the whole debate about cholesterol just to the point of basically extinction, that there's nothing else that causes heart disease apart from cholesterol. But that's not actually really true. Um, one of the original kind of low-fat diets was, was actually the prudent diet. I'm just going to bring it up here. Um, there's a little bit of an article here on uh, Science Direct about the prudent diet, what, why, and how. Again, links in the episode description. The term the prudent diet has been used to describe, uh, in use to describe the fat and cholesterol control diet followed by subjects participating in the anti-coronary program of the New York City Department of Health since 1957. The diet, as do diets used in similar studies elsewhere, curtails the intake of eggs, whole milk, and whole milk-based dairy products liver, shellfish, and commercial, commercial pastry products. Lean meats are permitted, but preference is given to fish, which is recommended for use at least four to five times a week. Now, that's a quote from this article on the prudent diet. Now, I personally would not be recommending uh, people have four to five episodes of, uh, you know, kind of uh, servings of fish a week because of the heavy metals, microplastics, and so on, but also taking out all those amazing saturated fats is just, I mean, recipe for disaster, basically, if you ask me. So that's a little bit about the prudent diet. And this was kind of introduced into America with, again, massive fanfare, but kind of people were questioning, well, why? I'm not going to cover, you know, every single paper that's ever been written on LDL cholesterol in this uh, podcast. This is to focus on the Minnesota coronary, but it's it just, I wanted to give you a little bit of background about, you know, how we ended up at this point. Now, as I said, Nina's book goes into great detail if you do want to learn more about it. Suffice to say, all this, you know, long story short, there's very, very flimsy evidence of LDL cholesterol causing heart disease, very flimsy evidence of low-fat diets actually being successful or even required, yet they were still rolled out across America. Seemingly, you know, the rest of the world, particularly England and, well, Europe and Britain, actually resisted for a very long time and, and didn't want to actually introduce low-fat diets into the rest of the population, basically saying the same thing. Where's your evidence? We don't need it. What's the evidence that you actually need it? What's the evidence that is actually useful? But basically, where America goes, the rest of the world eventually follows, and pretty much everybody succumbed. However, the debate was still not really settled. And some of the groups out there, again, Nina talks about it in her book, really were actually resisting this. But 
they decided, you know, the powers that be decided, you know what, we, we need some trials. Okay, great. Yes, we need some big trials. We need some rock solid, proper hardcore trials to, maybe hardcore is not the word there, but proper, proper trials to actually say, A, we need a low-fat diet, and B, that they work. Enter Sydney Diet Heart Trial and Minnesota Coronary Trial, and a third one being the LA Veterans Trial as well. Now, the aim of these were to study the effect of replacing saturated fat with, with unsaturated fat. So this was all about trying to lower the LDL cholesterol, lower the risk of heart disease, therefore, because of course we all know that LDL cholesterol causes heart disease. That was tongue-in-cheek and sarcasm, if you didn't pick up on that. Uh, the idea is to take out the saturated fat and replace it with vegetable fats, basically to lower the risk of cardiac disease. And this is what they were trying to do on the Minnesota coronary trial. Now, again, I'm going to put a link in the episode description, rather, of this trial. Uh, but this is the original paper that was actually produced in 1989, Test of Effect of Lipid Lowering by Diet on Cardiovascular Risk, the Minnesota Coronary Survey. Now, I couldn't actually find, uh, oh no, I could actually find, sorry, the full, the full paper on this. Here we go. So again, I'm going to put this in the link in the description from AHA Journals. I'm not going to go through this entire, entire trial, but what the trial was really about was placing saturated fat with unsaturated fat, specifically taking out uh, animal fats and putting in vegetable fats in the course, in the case of corn oil and also corn oil margarine. Now, what they did was a total of 9,423 people. So where was it? 4,393 men and 4,664 women institutionalized. So they were in the hospital. And the trial compared to the effects of a 39% fat controlled diet, which was 18% saturated fat, 5% polyunsaturated fat, 16% monounsaturated fat with a total of 446 milligrams of dietary cholesterol per day to a diet. So the intervention diet was 38% fat. So they lowered the fat by only 1%, but they basically took out most of the saturated fat. They went it down to 9%, 15% polyunsaturated, and which is a big increase from 5% and 14% monounsaturated fat with a total of 166 milligrams of dietary cholesterol. They looked at the incidence of myocardial infarctions, sudden death, and all-cause mortality. Now, the mean duration of this trial was 384 days. Uh, again, I'm put, highlighting it on the screen here, with 1,568 subjects consuming the diet for over two years. Now, I tried to find information on exactly why it only ran for 384 days as a mean rather than a lot longer. When they actually studied it over about five years with these over nine, almost nine and a half thousand patients, about four and a half years, all I could kind of gain from the studies was that, and I may be wrong with this, but it basically looked like that was the time that they were in hospital. And outside of the hospital, they just, I don't know, didn't bother or they got lost to follow up, or they just didn't follow the diet. I, I couldn't really actually find out exactly what happened. And I went through the study and I, I couldn't find it. I couldn't find any mention of why it was only 384 days as a mean, other than it says that was also the time that they were basically in the hospital for. So that's that's my only assumption there. Reading the original paper, that's all I can see. And there's very little discussion really on it. And if we actually go down right to the bottom of this paper to the discussion segment. Now, look, I mean, I've done an intercalated BSc. I've done research projects. I've written papers. Uh, these 
discussion points, you know, they, they're usually a bit longer <laughs> than this than this paper. This was one paper that was produced from this pretty actually massive heart trial. Uh, this this big interventional study of nine and a half thousand patients. And the discussion is is literally three paragraphs. That is the discussion <laughs> of the article, of this study. The study boiled down to three paragraphs. You know, you'd be forgiven for thinking this is an abstract. It's it's not. This is the discussion of the whole article, the whole, the whole trial. And I mean, basically, this is pretty much like the shortest discussion I've ever seen in my life in a scientific paper. And, and that is actually incredibly sad. But basically, you know, what actually happened then with these with these studies? Why were they not really published? Why were these basically buried? Well, they actually were published. This was the one paper that was actually produced from this trial. But again, you can see on the screen here, I mean, there's really like no discussion, this massive trial. And it's what, like 10 pages long, if that? There's there's hardly any pages. Where does it start? It starts on page 129 of the journal and goes to page 135, 136, yeah, 135. It's six pages long for a massive trial. It's just ridiculous. And basically they were, you know, pretty much effectively buried. I mean, very much like the Sydney Diet Heart Trial, they were just kind of lost. People forgot about them. Nothing was was really ever said about them, effectively just dead and buried. Like the Sydney Diet Heart Trial, again, you know, really one paper was published. Nobody really bothered about it. Nobody kind of really knew what to do with it, or it was effectively just buried. We really don't know. But if we actually go to, you know, the, 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 the actual kind of so the the abstract i think there's actually a real problem here because if we look at the abstract of this this study uh, i'm just going to bring it up on this screen here again i'll put a link in the description it's just a little bit nicer to read so again 4393 men 4664 women it's exactly the same article this is the abstract for it from pubmed it says here so the mean serum cholesterol level in pre-admission period was 207 falling to 175 in the treatment group and 203 in the control group. So the treatment group changing to polyunsaturated fatty acids did reduce serum cholesterol. But did that actually improve heart disease? Well, the abstract basically says the entire study population, no differences between the treatment and control groups were observed for cardiovascular events, cardiovascular deaths, or total mortality. A favorable trend for all these endpoints occurred in some younger age groups. Now, seemingly quite legitimate, but was this actually the case? This might not actually be the whole story. And actually, it's not. So Dr. Chris Ramsden from the NLM and his group in, I think, nine, uh, 2013, I believe it was, actually looked at this again because Dr. Chris Ramsden was looking at cholesterol, looking into LDL cholesterol and the role in heart disease, and basically wondering, you know, what was actually going on with all this research? And he actually was the one who kind of discovered or rediscovered the Sydney Diet Heart Trial. And I didn't really give him credit in my video. I apologize for that, Chris, if you're watching this. Absolute massive credit to you. Again, his team kind of uncovered the Minnesota coronary and really much like you know, the Sydney Diet Heart Trial, it was effectively buried, effectively just lost to follow up. And pretty much almost the same story was, was basically found in, in, in one of the researchers' houses in, in their basement, in the garage. I mean, the Sydney Diet Heart Trial was the garage. I think this one was the basement. Again, same story though, in basically some obs obscure kind of partially labeled box on a tape drive that, that nobody could even read. They had to get a proper, you know, special computer software to actually read it. 
Uh, and then they actually found out that this original abstract might not actually have been true. It might have been potentially fudged. Now, that's not Chris's words. That's not Dr. Chris's words. That's my words. But let's just go down to the conclusion of Dr. Chris's kind of reevaluation of this Minnesota coronary experiment. So bearing in mind the original, and I'm just going to pull it up here. So the original abstract said, the despite the mean serum cholesterol level falling, they've said no differences between the treatment and control groups were observed for cardiovascular events, cardiovascular deaths, or total mortality. And in fact, said a favorable trend for all these endpoints occurred in some younger age groups. Now, what that really means is it didn't seem to reduce the risk of heart disease or deaths, but maybe in younger people, it was actually still good. It's essentially what they're saying with the abstract originally. But re-evaluation, the conclusion here from Dr. Chris's team, available evidence from randomized control trials shows that the replacement of saturated fat in the diet with linoleic acid effectively lowers serum cholesterol. We know this. But does not support the hypothesis that this translates to a lower risk of death from coronary heart disease or all causes. Quite a different story, actually. So the original paper that was published from the Minnesota Coronary didn't really go into very much detail. And whilst they didn't say that lowering cholesterol improved heart disease, they very clearly didn't say that there was any problems. And they alluded to or intimated that in younger people, the effect of reducing polyunsaturated or increasing, sorry, polyunsaturated fatty acids and reducing saturated fatty acids was favorable. But that might not actually be the case. Now, if we go further into Dr. Chris's team and their findings, findings from the Minnesota coronary experiment add to the growing evidence that incomplete publication has contributed to overestimation of the benefits of replacing saturated fat with vegetable oils rich in linoleic acid. Okay, so what that means is what they're saying here is that this was a really incomplete publication. The results were possibly obfuscated, and this basically has caused a lot of problems within the scientific community and adds to this kind of overestimation that LDL cholesterol causes heart disease and that saturated fat is bad. But there's more. So if we actually dig a little bit into the paper, and this is really important, you don't just read the abstract. Uh, I know I've just read the conclusion. But if we look in the results, I want to read this line. So this is from Dr. Chris's kind of reevaluation of the heart study, a Minnesota coronary, bearing in mind, again, originally Minnesota coronary said no differences between the treatment and control groups were observed for cardiovascular events, cardiovascular deaths, or total mortality. And indeed, a favorable trend was for all of these endpoints occurring in younger, uh, younger age groups. So they're saying that there was no difference or better because in younger people, there was actually, it was favorable. But re-evaluation, let me read this. Results. The intervention group had significant reduction in, in serum cholesterol compared with controls. So the mean change for baseline was down 13.8%. Kaplan-Meier graphs show no mortality benefit for the intervention group in the full randomized cohort or for any pre-specified subgroup. So no mortality benefit from the intervention. 
there was also a 22% higher risk of death for each 30 milligram per deciliter, which is 0.78 millimoles per liter reduction in serum cholesterol in covariate adjusted Cox regression models. There was no evidence of benefit in the intervention group for coronary atherosclerosis or myocardial infarcts. Systematic reviews identified five randomized control trials for inclusion. In meta-analyses, these cholesterol-lowering interventions show no evidence of, of benefit on mortality from coronary heart disease or all-cause mortality. Now, that's getting slightly off the topic of the Minnesota coronary, but I want to go back to this. There was a 22% higher risk of death for each 30 milligram per deciliter or 0.78 millimole per liter reduction in serum cholesterol in the regression models. So long story short, 22% increased risk of death when you lower serum cholesterol according to the Minnesota coronary trial. Now that is per 30 grams, milligrams of deciliter, but still stands reducing serum cholesterol was shown to increase the risk of death. That is pretty damn significant and pretty damn damning. Let's go back again to the original study. The original paper, hang on, let me bring it up here. There were no differences between the treatment and control groups observed for cardiovascular events, cardiovascular deaths, or total mortality. But re-evaluation shows there was a 22% higher risk of death in the intervention group. So did they just lie? Was this on purpose? Was this just an error? We don't know. But it's pretty damning. Dr. Chris's team politely concluded in their re-evaluation Available evidence from randomized controlled trials shows that replacement of saturated fat in the diet with linoleic acid effectively lowers serum cholesterol, but does not support the hypothesis that this translates to a lower risk of death, et cetera, et cetera. I've already mentioned that. This is basically quite a politically correct way of saying the study was a total disaster. Now, that's my words, not Dr. Chris's team, but it's pretty much a disaster when you're trying to show that replacing saturated fat with polyunsaturated fat is good, that it lowers cardiovascular disease and lowers deaths. But your study actually shows that it has no effect on cardiovascular events and it actually increases the risk of death. Then you have a little bit of a problem. So swapping out saturated fat, taking that out of the diet, putting in Polyunsaturated fat, in this case, in the case of, you know, in the example of seed oils, so corn oil and corn oil margarine, increased the risk of death. This is pretty much what we saw on the Sydney Diet Heart Trial as well, increasing the risks, increasing cardiovascular risks, increasing mortality rates when you reduce serum cholesterol, when you take out saturated fat and you put in polyunsaturated fats into the diet, heart disease goes up or at best stays the same, deaths go up. And deaths to all-cause mortality really is actually the end point for any study. doesn't matter what else happens. If you're more likely to die from an intervention, that is not a good 
intervention. Full stop, period, exclamation mark, wherever you are in the world and your punctuation grammar, that is a problem. So I don't want to put words into Dr. Chris's team's mouth though. So they are not saying with this that cholesterol causes heart disease. They are not saying that cholesterol doesn't cause heart disease. What they are saying is that we can't really draw any conclusions from this study and really from a lot of studies. All the studies they looked at, they don't show any evidence that LDL cholesterol really actually causes heart disease. And in fact, again, 22% higher risk of death when you reduce serum cholesterol by 0.78 millimoles per liter or 30 milligrams per deciliter. Now, most patients, when we're putting them on statins, I mean, as far as the standard medical guidance is concerned, we're really trying to reduce it down by more than 0. Excuse me, 0. 0.78 millimoles per liter or 30 milligrams per deciliter. The idea of statins is to reduce it beyond that, and yet this increases the risk of death, according to the Minnesota coronary trial. So why on earth are these associations still promoting seed oils? Why are they still telling us to reduce saturated fat, reduce, uh, sorry, increase polyunsaturated fats, and specifically actually to eat seed oils? Now, I'm just going to pull up this page here from the American Heart Association. So heart.org, this is basically the American Heart Association. Healthy cooking oils. Let me get rid of this ad here on YouTube. Uh, so replacing bad fats, quote unquote bad fats, which is defined in here as saturated and trans, and to be fair, trans fats mostly are bad, but trans fats from animal sources like CLA actually are pretty good. So again, this is, I mean, literally the first sentence is totally factually incorrect, but We'll, we'll go past that for now. <laughs> Replacing them with quote-unquote good fats, which is in, again here described as monounsaturated and polyunsaturated, is smart for your heart. Now, we've already shown you that increasing the polyunsaturated by the City Diet Heart Trial and the Minnesota Coronary Trial likely increases your risk of death as well as increasing your risk of heart disease, or at the very least not reducing it, Yet we are still told that this is a good thing. This is the American Heart Association telling us still an easy way to do this, quote from the American Heart Association website, an easy way to do this is to choose non-tropical vegetable oils to cook and prepare food. These are types of oils are healthier choices than solid fats, which include butter, shortening, lard, margarine, and tropical oils, which include palm and coconut oil. Now, coconut oil is actually not that bad for you. Palm oil is bad, yes. Uh, margarine is pretty bad on the whole. Lard is not ideal because they feed feed they feed pigs basically garbage nowadays. So they've got very high uh, polyunsaturated, you know, linoleic acid component. But actually, traditionally, it wasn't actually that bad. Here is a list of some common cooking oils. Again, back to the American Heart Association website that contain more of the quote unquote better for you fats and less saturated fat: canola oil, corn oil which in the Minnesota coronary was shown to increase the risk of death, according to the American Heart Association, it's good for you. Isn't that interesting? Olive oil, peanut oil, safflower oil. Safflower was used in the Sydney Diet Heart Trial. Again, shown to increase the risks of cardiac disease and death. Yet we're told it's good for us. Now, the American Heart Association is not the only one. This is a page from the Australian 
Heart Foundation. So heartfoundation.org.au. Again, I'm going to put links in the description for these articles. So title, Fats, Oils, and Heart Health. Subtitle, Get the Right Balance of Healthy Fats in Your Diet. I would absolutely agree with that, 100%, but not with what they're saying here. So key takeaways, the type of fat you eat in plays an important role in your heart health. I think we've established that. Choose healthy fat options, which include nuts, seeds, avocados, olives, and their oils for cooking. No, sorry, that is not true. Avocado oil is garbage, repeatedly shown to be garbage, totally, totally unsatisfactory, unstandardized, terrible industry, really no standards. I would avoid it like the plague. Olive oil theoretically is good for you. Reality, it's just not. It's basically garbage as well. Nut oil, seed oil, all total garbage. Again, Australian Heart Foundation telling us healthy fats include polyunsaturated fats and basically bad fats, saturated fat and trans fat. Again, that is not true. Trans fat by itself is not dangerous. It is not a problem. If it's from a natural source like CLA is a trans fat, is not bad for you is consistently been shown to be useful in the human body. I, I need to do an episode on trans fats actually and saturated fat. I need to just, yeah, I need to do episodes on all these things. There's so much to talk about. Again, unhealthy fats, according to the Australian Heart Foundation, animal fats, including butter, ghee, and lard. Again, I do not agree with this. Coconut oil is not bad. They put it here because it's got some saturated fat, but it's actually not bad for you. Now, the British Heart Foundation is no better well, maybe it's slightly better, to be fair, but they're still talking about using vegetable oils. So this is from the BritishHeartFoundation.org.uk. Again, link in the description. Which is the healthiest fat for cooking? This has been supposedly written by this dietitian, Victoria Taylor, who is quoted here as being an expert. So it's in the ask the expert kind of section. So oils can change when they're heated to high temperatures. Yes, we know this. The smoke point of an oil, blah, blah, blah. We know this. Saturated fats such as lars have higher smoke points. We know this as well. Eating too much saturated fat increases cholesterol levels. Yes, it can do, but it's not guaranteed to do that. So it's recommended that we switch to unsaturated fats. This is a quote from the article. No, we should not. We've already established this. Sydney Diet Heart Trial, Minnesota Coronary Trial, LA Veterans shows basically the same thing. When you, I'll cover that in another episode, but when you take out saturated fat, add in polyunsaturated fat, risks go up, deaths go up, cardiovascular disease goes up. If you look at the consumption of seed oils versus heart disease, it's, it's almost one for one. It's insane that we are still told that these things are good for us. It's absolutely ridiculous. And you might be asking yourself, why? Why would any of this actually be the case? Why would these studies have been buried? Surely scientists wanted to do the right thing. Surely they wanted to seek the truth and get to the bottom of everything. Surely you can't be serious. I am serious. And don't call me Shirley. Sorry, I couldn't resist. It's a quote from Airplane. If anyone hasn't seen it, great film. But anyway, I digress. Uh, I want to get back to Nina's book a little bit, The Big Fat Surprise. I'm going to read a quote from her book, which I believe sums it up pretty much perfectly. For decades, the AHA, the American Heart Association, was small and underfunded with virtually no income. Then in 1948, it got lucky. Procter & Gamble, P&G, designated the group to receive all funds from its Truth or Consequences content on the radio, 
raising $1.74 million at the time, or $17 million in today's money. That's American dollars. Suddenly, the coffers were filled and there were funds available. So who's P&G? Procter & Gamble. Well, I'm sure people probably know this already, but coincidentally, surprise, surprise, they happen to be one of, if not the biggest manufacturers of seed oils at the time, and probably still are to date. Various organizations like the American Heart Association, uh, British Heart Foundation, Australian Heart Foundation, you know, Dietetics Australia, diabetes associations around the world, they, they basically license their you know, programs, heart healthy, and, and all these other things to these companies so that then they can kind of just slap on these, these labels onto their food and, and sell them to people thinking that they're good. And uh, unfortunately, you know, the scientists at the time, you know, there was actually a lot of debate, but with the American Heart Association, then when they got all this money, they suddenly started just growing. They basically hit the jackpot and uh, they, they, they controlled all the money. They controlled all the funding. And then the scientists that were dissenting, that didn't agree with this idea that cholesterol causes heart disease, well, they basically got sidelined or they just got no money. They got, they got no funding or they just got shut down in other ways. And Ansel Keys, by all accounts, was an incredible bully and very charismatic, very, very charismatic, very charming, very nice person if you got on the right side of him, by all accounts that I could read, but also incredibly bullying and pretty much horrible and would just basically try and destroy your life if you got on the wrong side of him and the seed oil argument and the cholesterol argument, basically. Uh, so either pretty much by hook or crook, um, you know, these, the powers that be, American Heart Association, you know, British Heart Foundation, Australian Heart Foundation, the governments of the time, you know, all these people were basically beholden to these companies and really just rammed seed oils down our throats to just drive profits through the roof. Probably, knowingly, I don't know, maybe, maybe not, I don't really know, at the expense of our health. Suffice to say, they were profiting off our poor health. And then, of course, what comes along later? Big Pharma with statins, PCSK9 inhibitors, all these things. And to be fair, that was a lot later, of course. But this bandwagon of jumping on cholesterol, suddenly you have this amazing drug that can treat this, this massive killer. And then it turns into a trillion dollar industry. And now we just have this, this astronomical kind of just, just, just behemoth of just industry with just trillion dollar profits, just, you know, to the moon kind of profits, it's just basically impossible to stop. You'd think that the work of Ramsden and his team, again, let's just go back to the article here, would actually, you know, people would have kind of gone, oh, wow. Okay. Well, we got it wrong for 50, 60 years. Maybe we should look at this again, but no, this was again, like, kind of just sidelined, really ignored. And then people, doctors, everyone, scientists are just like, ah, yeah, well, like, yeah, okay, I get it. I get it. Minnesota coronary, Sydney Dark Heart Trial, are they veterans? Yeah, like they they showed some issues. But yeah, they probably weren't that good. Or or there was there was there was probably some errors with them. And yeah, okay. So it so it shows that cholesterol doesn't really cause heart disease. Uh, and in fact, lowering cholesterol increases the risk of, of heart disease and also dying. But that's probably not true. 
there's probably there's probably some errors with it. And yeah, we've got loads of these studies now that, that that just prove that cholesterol causes heart disease. So there must have been something wrong with them. Well, in fact, we actually don't have any evidence that cholesterol causes heart disease at all. So that is basically a lie. Uh, cardiologists, these people still pushing the diet heart hypothesis despite just massive evidence to the contrary. They basically just ignore these massive, massive interventional trials. They're probably only, you know, one of a very few or two very few studies that are actually interventional studies on heart disease. And they're just completely ignored. You know, they ask us to look at the big picture, the quote unquote totality of the evidence. The problem there is the totality of the evidence is basically bullshit. It really is. And there's just millions and millions and millions of studies that shows the LDL cholesterol is associated with heart disease. Yes, that is very true, but these studies are mostly garbage. They are predicated on people who are unwell. They are metabolically unwell. You know, the average now is about 93% of Americans and likely the rest of the world is following suit is metabolically unwell. So are the results to be trusted? Again, I think like the Sydney Diet Heart Trial, we kind of have to ask ourselves, where would we be if these results had been made more widely available, if they'd have been publicized, if they were more widely known, if the original article, again, I'm just going to bring it up here, uh, again, citing no differences between the treatment and control groups. I mean, they very clearly was. The reevaluation shows there was an increased risk of death. I mean, I'm sorry to bang on about this. People are probably getting really annoyed. Let me know in the comments if I'm banging on too much. But I think this is a bloody important point. 22% risk of death higher for every 30 milligrams per deciliter or 0.78 millimoles per liter reduction in serum cholesterol on the intervention arm. And you have to ask yourself, where would we be at if this had been more widely published? 50, 60, almost 70 years ago. Would we still be having this insane conversation? Would we still be making videos on YouTube and podcasts about the role of cholesterol and the lack of evidence to support this? No, we probably wouldn't. The pharmaceutical industry would probably just be almost non-existent. I mean, look, that's not a good thing. We want antibiotics and we want medications. Don't get me wrong. But we don't want statins being shoved down our throat. You know, there's doctors out there that are advocating for statins basically being put in the water supply for people, drugging the whole world. You know, there's, there's doctors out there advocating giving babies statins because, well, you know, their cholesterol is too high. They're babies, for God's sake. They are meant to have a low cholesterol, but they're not meant to be on statins. <laughs> That's not normal. It's ridiculous. It's just absolutely, absolutely insane. And I mean, it's just, it just beggars belief. I mean, look, we really don't know. We really don't know what causes heart disease. I'm kind of ranting, so it's probably time to draw it to a close. We, I'm just very passionate about this. We, we don't know what causes heart disease. We don't. We haven't proven what causes heart disease, but we also have very much not proven that LDL cholesterol causes heart disease. We have shown categorically that LDL cholesterol is not the sole cause of heart disease. It is associated, but association is not causation. That is a very, 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 you know, important point. 
Association is not causation. LDL cholesterol does not cause heart disease. If it did, we would get it in veins. The cholesterol is floating around veins. We don't get it in veins. There's no cardiovascular disease in veins. It is in arteries only, unless you put a vein in the arterial system. Then you get cardiovascular disease, which shows you can get it in veins. Veins are not immune to cardiovascular disease. So why don't we get cardiovascular disease, atherosclerosis, in veins? If LDL cholesterol is the cause, we should get it in the veins. They're still carrying cholesterol. So straight away that tells us there's something else that's going on. And this whole diet heart hypothesis is, is just predicated on that LDL cholesterol or total cholesterol causes heart disease. Extension of that nowadays is LDL cholesterol, but it doesn't. Anyway, it's hard to comprehend why this was allowed to be the case. When you start looking at these kinds of things, talking like this, you sound like a conspiracy theorist. But the fact is, we know that this is true. Minnesota coronary, Sydney diet heart trial, LA veterans, we're going to cover that in another episode. We know that people like JAMA have published the kind of articles, the papers, the contracts on the sugar industry and the coronary heart disease research, the Sugar Research Foundation. Um, you know, I'm just bringing up a link. Again, I'm going to put the link in the description. Do the reading yourself. We know that these these are effectively just fudged and, and just bought for uh, and paid for, sorry. It really is hard to comprehend why this was allowed to be the case, but it has been allowed. What we need to do, again, like my episode on the City.Heart trial, we need to start challenging these studies. We need to start asking questions. We need to start challenging our doctors, our pharmaceutical companies, our governments, our elected officials. We need to start challenging the people that make these policies, like the British Heart Foundation, Australian Heart Foundation, the American Heart Association, Dietetics Australia, Diabetes Australia, all these organizations which are telling us saturated fat is bad, seed oils are good, they're wrong, we have to ask them, why are they still telling us this? And are they putting profits before patients? Thank you guys for listening to this episode of the Meat Medic Podcast. I have ranted enough. If you've enjoyed this episode, please hit a like, comment down below. Let me know what you thought of this episode. If you liked it, let me know. Share it to your friends, colleagues, family, as far and as wide as you possibly can, help spread this message that cholesterol is not the sole cause of heart disease and we shouldn't just be whacking everyone on statins willy-nilly, that we should be holding people to a little bit more account. If you're listening in the car, on your podcast, walking around the streets, thank you very much for listening in. Five-star review on your podcast platform of choice would be incredibly helpful as well. Thank you very much, guys. I'll make sure you follow me on social media at The Meat Medic across all major channels and get in touch on social media. Get in touch on email, mail at themeatmedic.com. Let me know your thoughts on this. Check out my website, themeatmedic.com for health courses. Currently 50% off until the end of November for Black Friday with code 50 off. Thank you, guys, and I will see you in the next episode.